Hi, I'm Levi Lowry, and welcome to Maison Mission. This is episode number 44. Maison Mission is an inclusive faith community. The word Maison comes from a Greek word that means greater. The Maison Mission is about finding greater spaces for people to hear and experience the good news of Jesus. You can find out more about Maison Mission by visiting MaisonMission.com or through the links in the description of this program. Well, good morning again, and welcome to Maison Mission. I want to say happy Halloween. This is Halloween. It's always a a little strange when a holiday falls on a Sunday, but what an opportunity to get to know your neighbors. So if you happen to watch this before trick-or-treating, I encourage you uh, to connect maybe with a new neighbor or uh, as you travel around in a herd with other families as your kids are collecting like more grams of sugar than they should consume in a year. Uh, Use it as an opportunity to connect. Uh, We are wrapping up a series today called Greater. And so these last few weeks have been birthed out of a verse of scripture that's found at the end of 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And this passage is known as the love chapter, but there's also a whole lot in it about maturing in our faith. Uh, It says that there will one day be Uh, No need for speaking in tongues or prophecy or words of knowledge because in Christ we will be fully known, fully mature, fully complete. But it says, but there are three things that remain. Even when those things pass away, faith, hope, and love. The greatest of these is love. And so like three or four weeks ago, we started out talking about love, a love that Jesus modeled, a love that gives of oneself that is sacrificial, that stoops to serve, the the fringe, the hurting, the outsider. And then we moved on to faith. As Kevin reminded us that the great faith is not some mental allocation of belief in our soul somewhere. Hebrews 11 is known as kind of the faith hall of fame uh, in scripture. And it recounts generations of those who had great faith. And they all had one thing in common. Each one of them took action. Noah is mentioned. He built a big boat. I'm sure you've heard that story. Abraham continually followed God. And the list goes on and on. I'm not going to include everybody, but there is a prostitute included in this list named Rahab, and she hid some spies for God's people. Uh, She's probably not the picture of like the faith hall of fame that, that most of us have, but there she is. She's right there in the middle of it. Kevin said, faith isn't about having it all figured out, knowing all the right verses. It's not about praying harder than anyone else. Faith is about moving towards God. No matter how small or insignificant that movement may seem to you, any move towards God is a move of faith. And then last week, uh, we looked at hope. It was a house church week. And I particularly love the way Kevin framed hope. In the words of a a pastor in the United Kingdom named Anth Chapman, he says, Hope is not a confession that we are one step from failure. Hope is the confident expectation that the last word has not been spoken, and there may still be a word after that. Hope is essentially believing that the story isn't over, that God isn't done working. That the low point we find ourselves in 
isn't all God has to say about our situation. And so today I want to share a story with you that I heard about probably a decade ago that really encapsulates the the idea of greater faith, hope, and love. And it's the story of a man named Narayanan Krishnan. Now I had to practice saying that, all right? Narayanan Krishnan. He was a top 10 finalist in CNN's Person of the Year back in 2010. He is a chef from India, and he was a part of the highest caste system uh, in India, I, the, the Brahmins. I don't know if you remember this from your high school social studies class, but in India, folks are born into one of four castes or social levels. And these, these castes, they create social barriers between people that are nearly impossible to overcome. For me, it was one thing to learn about this in school. It was another thing to see it in person a few years ago while in India. I quickly saw that there is not a value of shared humanity within this system. It holds some people at the top and keeps millions of others held down at the bottom. So Narayanan was privileged. He had access to education and and wealth, and he went to college, and he became an accomplished chef in his mid-20s. He was working for a network of five-star hotels. They were churning out great food for wealthy guests, and life was good. So good, in fact, that he was selected uh, to go on loan to a five-star restaurant in Switzerland. It was going to be a four-year loan to Europe. And before he left for Switzerland, his parents reached out and asked him to come home for four days uh, to visit, to say goodbyes, and attend the temple for prayers. So in 2002, he went back to his hometown. And in the car with his family, on the way to the temple, he saw, now this is gross, he saw an old man that was eating his own human waste on the side of the road because he had no food. He stopped the car, he got out, he went to a a local store and he bought the man some food and he gave it to him. He recounts that it was a moment of self-realization for him. The family continued on to the temple, but he couldn't worship. He couldn't think about anything except these street people who had nothing, who were, who were starving. And so he went home that afternoon, he prepared some rice, and he took it back to the same man. And the man received it with tears in his eyes. And so he did this each day over the four days that he was on vacation. And he returned to his hotel before he headed off to Switzerland. But again, his thoughts were consumed by these street people. He was unable to think of anything other than the impoverished, starving people in his hometown. And so, without telling his family or friends, he quit his job and began feeding dozens of people on the streets of India. And so some of his co-workers that were also selected to go to Europe uh, knew what he was up to, but also had a hunch that he hadn't communicated with his parents. So they called his parents and told them that Narayanan had not made the trip to Switzerland, uh, that he was afraid or something. And so his parents were disturbed. Uh, they heard what was going on. They called family and friends, and they forced Narayanan to see a psychiatrist 
who gave him medication. And then, uh, just for good measure, they took him to a priest who dealt in black magic to try to heal him of this need to, to help these street people. And so, he told his mom, he said, Mom, before I take any of this medicine, before I do any of this, I want you to come and see what I'm doing. And so actually both of his parents got in the car and stayed in the car as he got out and began to give the food that he had prepared to these street people. He went to the car, he invited them out to, to help him serve these people. Now, this caste system says that you can't do this. You can't do this. Like the, the top level does not stoop to the bottom. And the street people began sharing with his parents how they had never had three meals a day and what a difference it was making in their life. And so at the end of that day, his mom looked at him and said, you feed all these people and I will feed you as long as I'm alive. It was the encouragement that he needed. And so he ended up renting a kitchen and he hired a few helpers and he began to feed hundreds of mentally ill and elderly people on the streets of his hometown. He even tried to hire barbers to give them haircuts because their appearance was, was awful. But many of the barbers wouldn't touch the street people uh, because they were afraid that their current clients wouldn't come back. And then he found out that the, the street folks, they were afraid of the barbers because they were strangers. So what did he do? He went to barber school for six months and he learned how to perform a dozen different haircuts so he could cut the hair of these street people. At, at the time that the show I watched was recorded, he had given over 3,000 haircuts uh, and began bathing these people out of a bowl uh, to clean them up and to preserve their dignity. Well, the Brahmin leaders heard what he was up to. Like, these are the leaders of the, the top caste system, and they're actually religious leaders. And they told him that the work that he was doing was not acceptable within their class and that he needed to stop immediately. The clothes he wore uh, indicated what his class was. That, that was part of the thing. You can tell what, where people are on the pecking order by the clothes that they wear. And so he took these clothes and he put them in a fire and burned them. And he, he completely removed himself from this social system. He renounced the system that would not allow him to see the shared humanity of these street people as more important than an ancient class system. He, he went on to buy three acres and he built up a center for elderly and mentally ill people that were living on the streets. And it's still functioning today. And I love this story because it, it is just filled with faith, hope, and love. Faith because it took action to make all of this a reality. He didn't just drive by and, and have pity on these people and just continue on with his life. He, he stopped and he fed these people once and then four times. And then he did it for almost a decade before he was ever recognized for the work that he was doing. Hope because he believed that the last word had not been spoken in the lives of the least of these in his hometown in love because it was focused on others. It was costly. It required him to stoop. It was misunderstood. Now, why do I tell you that story? 
It seems so out there, so impossible, so improbable that any of us could do something like this. I mean, if this is what a life of faith, hope, and love looks like in real life, who can do it? I mean, I can't quit my job and just start feeding the street people. I I don't have the resources to to buy three acres and, and build a center for these people. This is what it looks like. I mean, who can do it? Well, I'll tell you this story because there are tens of thousands, probably hundreds of thousands of smaller stories that will never be told of people doing this at the opposite end of the scale. This is a very macro story, but these stories are happening in micro ways every single day. People are living into the words that Jesus taught us to pray. May your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. This is how it happens. When we begin to lean into the faith, hope, and love, these things that will remain, and all of these are rooted in love, this is what it looks like. On the way over to record this, this morning, I was thinking about this and and it hit me. One of the natural byproducts of a life that that is lived with faith, hope, and love at the forefront is a life of service. I'm not saying it's the only byproduct, but when we live this way, we are going to find ourselves serving others. Whenever God prompts you to act in a difficult situation on behalf of others and you respond in obedience, your faith is being activated, hope is being realized, and love is at the root of it all. Now, at the risk of this sounding like an infomercial, I want to tell you that we have a very practical way that we can do this at Maison. There's a, a organization called Partnership with Strong Families, and they are a resource for the foster care system uh, here in, in Florida, at least North Central Florida, maybe the whole state. And so there are thousands of children and teenagers who have been removed from their homes because they aren't safe for them and put into the home of foster parents. And they need help providing Christmas for these kids. And so they have a program called Wish Upon a Star. You can participate at various levels. I really don't want this to turn into a full-on infomercial, but we're going to have a link in the description of this program as to how you can partner with Partnership with Strong Families to help make this a reality. And it's one of those micro ways that that we can lean into faith, hope, and love and serve the community around us. Maison Mission, may we be a faith community whose faith, hope, and love leave a lasting impact in Gainesville and around the world. Grace and peace to each of you. We've got just a few reminders for you before you go. If you're interested in learning more about Maison Mission and how you can get involved, let us know. Sign up on the Digital Connect card to be notified the next time we hold an interest meeting. We hope you will mark your calendar to join us next Sunday, November 7th at 4.30 p.m. for Maison Live. We've moved the time up to account for the daylight savings time. Details are in the program description. Maison is supporting Partnership for Strong Families in their annual Wish Upon a Star holiday drive. 
We're looking for families that will help out with purchasing gifts for these families. Fill out the digital connect card or contact info at MaisonMission.com to sign up today. Maison Mission is a non-denominational church. These programs and conversations are only possible through the financial support and donations from people just like you. If our program encouraged you today, consider supporting Maison Mission with a one-time gift or on a recurring basis. You can give through MaisonMission.com and follow the link to give. You can also text the dollar amount to 84321 and follow the links to Maison Mission. We will also be displaying our giving links on a slide at the conclusion of this program. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you have a fantastic week.